respected brothers and sisters. The topic of love or the path of love, al-hub, has a very long history in the Muslim tradition. The Quran abounds with love and al-Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali tells us in Ihya Ulum al-Din that all the merits of religion and the virtues of human character are the fruits of love. Biljumla Jamiru Mahasinidin Wamakarimil Akhlaq Thamaratul Hub. In speaking of love in the Quran, one can go through the verses that show Allah's love, such as Inna Allah Yuhibu Al Muhsinin, Allah loves those who do good. One could identify the verses that talk about the believers' love of Allah. والذين آمنوا أشد حبا لله and the believers have greater love of Allah. We can also bring up the key passages which show the intimacy between Allah سبحانه وتعالى and His creation. يحبهم ويحبونه a people whom He loves and who love Him. In fact, it is not difficult to locate love even in those verses which seem to be remotely connected to love. Some of our scholars are willing to go as far as finding love even in the verses of punishment. Yet in this khutbah, inshallah, I would like to proceed in a slightly different way. I suggest that we start to look for the idea of love in the Quran by examining a story. Chapter 12, Surah Yusuf. Love appears to be a central theme of the entire narrative. And so I am confident, inshallah, that it can serve as a model for thinking about the different types of love in the Quran. And that inshallah, each one of us will find something relevant for his or her life. Surah Yusuf touches us all differently and we will all benefit in our own unique ways. So the topic of the khutbah is three types or themes of love in Surah Yusuf. The first theme, love between parents and children. When the brothers of Joseph, as we all know, plotted against him, they actually offered their reasoning. They said, لَيُوسُفُ وَأَخُوهُ أَحَبُّ إِلَىٰ أَبِيْنَا مِنَّا وَنَحْنُ عُصْبَةِ Verily, uh, Joseph and his brother are more beloved to our father than we are, although we are more وَنَحْنُ عُصْبَةِ The fact that they think their father loves Joseph more than them makes them resentful toward Joseph. Of course, the Quran is not justifying their actions. The Quran is simply reporting the thought process. In a way, the verse raises the question of, do my parents really love me? And this has many implications for the way parents should love their children, or at least the way they should express their love. It is true, brothers and sisters, that love just happens to us. It is usually not of our choosing. Yet, the verse is telling us that favoritism can lead to hostility and can generate conflict between brothers and 
sisters. Those who are less loved can feel distanced and rejected. Yes, love can bring happiness to the household, but it can also bring tears. To be clear, the Quran is not telling us explicitly that Jacob, that Ya'qub did something wrong. It does not say that the father loved Joseph and his brother more than the other brothers. It is merely reporting the perspective of the brothers, which might turn out to be unfounded. And there are all sorts of explanations that can reconcile Jacob's behavior with the Quran's generic interest in preserving the infallibility of prophets. Regardless of this specific incident, the profound message for us, as some theologians have pointed out, is that love must take second place to equity and justice. Adl, justice, comes first. For it is impartial, and then comes love. Brothers and sisters, this same episode also reveals to us one of the attitudes of love. The brothers say, يَخْلُ لَكُمْ وَجْهُ أَبِيكُمْ That is, they justify their intention to get rid of Joseph by saying, so that your father's attention will be exclusively for you. Uppermost in the brothers' minds was the desire to be the center of their father's attention. More generally, it seems to be telling us that attention is one of the most characteristic features of hope, of love. I don't think that the Quran expects us to love all persons qualitatively in the same way, since they are not all alike. Nor is the Qur'an, wallahu a'lam, asking us to bestow equal quantities of love on all persons. The whole point is to control our attention and differentiate our love or loves in an appropriate way. The second theme, loving Allah, loving God. Verse 33 of the surah tells us that Yusuf, that Joseph preferred prison over what they were inciting him to do. Rabbi sijnu or asajnu ahabbu ilayya mimma yad'unani ilayh. My Lord, I would prefer prison to what they are calling me to do. In saying this, Joseph was preferring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over the fleeting pleasures of this life. And hence, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very central to our understanding of this qissa, of this narrative. In the Quranic framework, it is wrong to desire affliction per se. وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى التَّهْلُكَةِ And do not throw yourselves to destruction. And so I do not think it is reasonable to infer that the story is about loving imprisonment for its intrinsic worth. Rather, Joseph is accepting that difficulties are in fact always present in one's spiritual journey. He is assuming the possibility of affliction. 
as if he is saying, I am willing to submit to incarceration for your sake, O, o Allah. For the sake of receiving the gift of your love, I will endure pain. When it is about you, O Allah, the suffering of love becomes a source of bliss. In this way, Joseph was lecturing us. Joseph was schooling us in the high art of divine love, al-hub, al-ilahi, the love that redeems us from tragedy, the love that transcends everything. The third theme of this story, as I understand it, is that love, true love, real love, can transform one's state from sin to piety. The experience of love is totally transformative. Is there an allusion to this idea in the Joseph story? There is, wallahu alam. We are all familiar with the incident between the wife of the viceroy, Potiphar's wife, according to the Old Testament, and Imra'at al-Aziz in the Quran. Uh, the incident between her and Joseph and her inappropriate actions. But emphasizing Joseph's great virtue does not necessarily entail the vilification of the viceroy's wife. What I want to say, as many scholars have, is that this is not necessarily a story of the dangers of womanly guile, nor does it issue a blanket judgment about womankind for all times and places. It is not a male-centered story and does not imply the moral superiority of one gender. Without denying that there are other readings which have dominated the reception history of this episode, I think that there is considerable room in the Quranic narrative to read Imra'at al-Aziz, the viceroy's wife, in a more charitable and favorable way, to read her from the perspective of mercy, of rahmah, to read the whole story as a story of the redeeming effects of the love of Allah. Just like the Quran gives us examples of men who repent, as the Prophet Dawood in Surah Sad, وَظَنَّ دَاوُودُ أَنَّمَا فَتَنَّاهُ فَاسْتَغْفَرَ رَبَّهُ And just like Sulaiman, Solomon, قَالَ رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي In this case, the Quran gives us an example of a woman who repents after her transgression. When she admitted her error, affirmed Joseph's righteousness, and said, Now the truth has become manifest. She was conquered by the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She was saturated with divine love and was therefore able to overcome the lower self. In other words, she is ultimately a model for all of us of how to progress from transgression to higher spiritual states through the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, brothers and sisters, this encounter teaches us more generally that when you love someone, you will seek their moral and spiritual betterment. You will not commit sins with them. On the contrary, you will try to shield them and to protect them 
from the khati'ah, from the sin. In Surah Al-Qasas, verse 56, we read, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتْ You, i.e. the Prophet وسلم, you cannot guide everyone you love to the truth. The connection that this verse draws between love and the desire that the beloved be guided reminds us that we can only truly love others when we love them in Allah, when we love them in God. When we love their guidance, only then does our love truly serve their interests. As a wise theologian once said, true love is when we turn the whole current of love into the channel of the love of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower us with his love and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to live together in love and peace.